because Marshall will have more in his news about this. One of the headlines of the day was going to be, was for about an hour, that Biden had fallen greatly in the polls and was tied with Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. Three-way tie at the top. There is no other poll saying that. Now a new poll has come out saying, well, we got it the same way as it was before. Where right. Biden has really double of Bernie and Elizabeth and... That's the way it's been all through the debates and since the debates. So I think that other poll was an outlier, and that's what the race is. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into the whole polling thing because people have all these super strong opinions about it. It really is all just mathematics. But I do wonder when you see an outlier, that outlie what's going on there? You took more stats than I did. Is that just, well, we'll talk about it later. That's fine. Um, but it, it would appear the old man is still in charge. Hey, uh, listen, I want to thank um, the uh, the Slaytons, Stephen and Karen, owners and proprietors of the Trump store in Sholo, Arizona. Absolutely. I was just there. The one and only brick-and-mortar Trump store. A couple came in who told us they heard about us from hearing us talk about it. Awesome. Um, and, uh, and, and so they, they gave us some lovely, lovely gifts, Jack, from the Trump store in beautiful... Sholo, Arizona. Sholo has everything that uh, is Trump at the Trump store. Stop there with my kids. Well, here they have uh, T-shirts, uh, one large, one extra large, perfect. I, I'm, uh, I prefer a, a roomier tea. Jack likes to really show everything off. <laughs> uh, but here's, here's the picture, Jack. I'm going to have to describe this to you, and we will post a photo at armstrongandgetty.com. It is Donald J. Trump. Posing in front of a tattered Betsy Ross flag. <clears throat> Looks a little like, uh, you know, in, in terms of the shape it's in, the flag that flew over Fort McHenry as the Star-Spangled Banner was written. It was like battle-torn, weathered, God bless America, Betsy Ross flag. There's the president in front of it. He has strapped to him an AK-40, uh, or I'm sorry, an, an AR-15 or a oh, similar boy. gun, and it says, Freedom! When in doubt, empty the magazine. Oh, boy. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for I have my AR-15 with me, with extra mags and ammo. They comfort me. Yeah, that might be a little much for me. Is that paraphrasing? I don't think, I believe that is paraphrasing the good book. I don't think I I, I can wear that around my neighborhood. I'm Donald J. with an AR-15. Oh, on the back of it. Burn the ships. There's no turning back. Cortez, fifteen nineteen, little Cortez. Smack. Wow. <laughs> anyway, thank you. That's thank a, you for the gift. You have to be in that area. You How should... about if I wear this while I work out? There you go. Um, this is getting a fair amount of attention because it is the largest school system in America that might make a major change. New York school system. Mayor Bill de Blasio, who is allegedly running for president, all the polls don't indicate that he is. <laughs> he is at zero percent. I consider that a victory. If you're at, if you're at zero percent, are you technically running for president? Well, in what sense are you running? You for have president? the same poll numbers I have, and right. I'm not running for president. Right. So right. Didn't he just endure another humiliation recently, or is that what you're talking about? Uh no. Uh he uh, he did do a town hall on CNN that was a ratings disaster. Yeah, I oh, think right. four people watched. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. It's as if he has no support. Uh, but he's got a plan to eliminate all gifted programs in New York, and they think this could be Good. a big deal for the Finally. the rest of the country. Finally, make our best and brightest students bored and angry and underachieving. 
For years, New York City has essentially maintained two parallel public school systems, a group of selective schools and programs geared to students labeled gifted and talented, which is filled mostly by white and Asian children, and then the rest of the system, which is open to all students and is predominantly black and Hispanic. Now, a high-level panel appointed by Mayor Bill de Blasio, 0%, is recommending that the city do away with most of the selective programs in an effort to desegregate the system. Right. Which has 1.1 million students and is by far the largest in the country. Make everyone equal by crushing those who are good at stuff. If he does this, the decision would fundamentally reshape a largely segregated school system and could reverberate in school districts across the country. I'm not exactly sure why that would happen. Well, because those who are of similar philosophical bent, read Harrison Bergeron, please. It's brilliant. Um, it's a short story. Um, those of a similar philosophical bent will insist that they need to do it in their district next. He'll give them cover, as they say, in the cover of giving business. The plan includes all elementary school gifted programs, screened middle schools, and some high schools. Uh, gifted programs and screened programs have become proxies for separate, quote, um, this is a quote now, proxies for separating students who can and should have opportunities to learn together, unquote. The panel made up of several dozen education experts wrote in the report. Boy, a panel of education experts may be the most likely place to find bull crap of any group assembled on Earth. I mean, they will spout nonsense so extraordinary you can't believe it's real, although you're sitting there listening to it yourself. The capacity for self-delusion and strangeness is uh, is better in education than maybe anywhere else. Which is why, according to the teachers' unions, it's so important that we have a monopoly on education and there are no alternatives. Um, Love teachers, hate teachers' unions. And a lot of teachers share that opinion with me. <clears throat> so the question is... Uh... Well, if you if you if you could prove to me that you were um, selecting people not on their abilities but on their skin color to put them in different schools, then okay, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. that's not being alleged, really. Well, and you know, New York's working as hard as they can to identify kids of color who are promising that could be, you know, prepped, brought up to speed, so they could be in these programs. I know, I mean, of course, they are. The idea that there's some spec, the special group of people out there that's uh, in favor of whites and Asians, but against Hispanics is just I don't I don't know those people. Well, right as a, as a you know as a racist person, well, right. there are racists who like whites and Asians, but not Hispanics. Did, did, is that a crowd, or is it just for a variety of reasons, cultural reasons, whatever? Um, those those kids are probably getting more attention at home. That one. Uh, heading into school and during school and 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 doing better. Please, I grew up. Not in, all of them, some of them. I grew up in. I live in now. I have most of my life lived in fairly diverse areas, and there are enormous cultural differences. The Indian kids, they bust their asses. They want to become doctors. The Jewish kids, they're they're taught to read early. There's constantly learning. It's a prized cultural value. Asian kids, again, the tiger mom thing. It's a cultural value. You want to change the results, change the culture. How you do that, you know, don't ask me. 
I talk on the radio. I'll tell you the one thing that seems like the worst way to tackle that, though, is to just eliminate the gifted programs. And think, exactly. Look, we have more diversity because everybody's in the same kind of school now. So we've accomplished what exactly? Well, have you the, the underachieving have you kids are now with the super achievers who are sitting in a math class. They figured out day two, and the rest of the time they're spent staring at the walls wishing they were somewhere else. Okay, even aside from that kid, how did you help the so-called underachieving kids, or just average kids, how did you help them? Well, because now they're among people who are way, way, way smarter than they are. And that helps them by making them feel terrible. (laughs) I guess. I I don't know. That's what I don't get. I don't understand how that helped them. Yeah. Well, and I tell you what, it's uh, speaking of Dave Chappelle, Chappelle and being politically incorrect, we've talked to so many teachers, so many administrators who are great, who value kids, have said, hey, listen, we've had to eliminate our gate programs. That's the gifted and talented education. We've had to eliminate the gate programs to pay for English as a second language. So we're prioritizing illegal immigrants over uh, our best and brightest in our public schools. It's just true. I mean, maybe you think it's a good idea. Well, we need to be a compassionate country, but whatever. Okay, that's fine. Just recognize that that is what's happening in a lot of places. And then tell me if you like it or not. If you, if that reality makes you uncomfortable, if you hate me for saying it out loud, that's not my problem. That's your problem. And it's sure as hell not the kid's problem. Grow up. Deal with it. That is the budgetary choice being made. Do you like it? Um, if the mayor adopts the recommendations, elementary and middle schools would no longer be able to admit students based uh, uh, largely on standardized exams or other academic prerequisites. Because why would you want to use that? Right. And high schools would have diversity requirements. So it would be about your skin color and not your abilities or knowledge. Yeah, quotas. That's just uh, that's an interesting way to run a, a free market system that rewards excellence and achievement. Right. Well, I tell you what, empires on their way up reward excellence. Empires on their way down seek to equalize everybody by sharing the misery of decline. Britain, great example of it. You know, part of that was post-WW2 fatigue, but um, yeah, they just they decided against excellence and leadership anymore and just decided everybody would be equally miserable. And down the tubes they go. Down the tubes they go. Well, we'll see how that turns out. If it weren't for the quote-unquote special relationship, would anybody really give a damn about England? Mm. Probably as much as France. Hello. They would be France, but they speak English. Taylor Swift's basically just wearing her underwear on this music video from last night. Yes, she is. If you're going to get into politics, you got to stop showing up on stage in just your underwear. False. (laughs) <laughs> I consider that a victory. There's the young voter. <laughs> All right. What uh, award shows on tonight? Oh, good one. Huh? Damning. Please. Huh? That's good <laughs> criticism right there. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> damn this. Damn that. Damn you. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we got this text about New York eliminating their gifted programs in school to try to get more diversity in all the classrooms. Anyway, 
Uh, so New York's gifted and talented programs are made up of mostly whites and Asians. That's what Cal Berkeley is. What are you going to do now? Close it? Yes. Close it. Oh, speaking of Cal Unicornia, an education note from the other end of the country, from New York. The infamous, horrific, hard to believe it was true, ethnic studies bill that was trotted out in California. The one that would teach all the little kids that the free market is racist and oppressive and that uh, white people are awful. And, and just start calling history herkstery. Right. And, and change all sorts of words. And I mean, it, it, it was way left of Bernie. I mean, it was way left of Elizabeth Warren. It was the stuff of Marxist college professors. Literally. Well, it's been delayed a year. Amid the controversy. And the only reason it was delayed is because all the Jewish lawmakers said, um, you're talking about oppressed people and had Jews as oppressors because you don't like what's happening yeah, see, with the Palestinians. That's what I'm worried about is they're going to fix the, 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 the Jewish part of this and the other stuff is going to seem acceptable. Right, right. We fixed it. It's okay now. No, that other crap is crap. It is thoroughly indoctrinating your little children from an early, early age to be hardcore identity politics, intersectional lunatics, trying to uh, turn us, just put us at, at each other's throats. It's the most horrific thing. And the headline is, it's been delayed a year. And I'm supposed to be happy about this? It's like I go home tonight and Judy says to me, you know what we ought to do? We ought to butcher Baxter, our dog, and cook him and have him for dinner. And I'd be like, wait, what? We get, he's my, he's our dog. We don't eat dog. He's our pet. What are you? She says, okay, how about chicken instead? And I'm supposed to say, yeah, chicken would be good. And just move on. No, you can't propose something so insane. And then just say, well, we'll take a year and think about it. I tell you what, Cal Unicornia is heading off of the ideological cliff into the Pacific. Look out. On a slightly lighter note, I found this interesting. I, I don't know why. I've always, I've liked looking at real estate and watching the markets. I was in the business for a while. Maybe that's part of it. Well, though, which came first, chicken or egg? Um, and, and stuff I have no intention of buying, never would buy, but I'm interested in how it goes up and down and crashes and booms and stuff like that. This is an interesting study of the American culture. Couple, two, three decades ago. Your super, super wealthy industrialist types. And there are some names in this uh, piece in the Wall Street Journal I'm familiar with. Quite a few I'm not. But let's start with, like, Ted Turner and go to um, the Disney, Ch- the Discovery Channel founder. And and there's this hedge fund guy. And, and they're all crazy, crazy rich. What do you do? What do you buy if you're crazy, crazy rich and you grew up in the 50s, 60s, 70s? The answer is you buy a gigantic luxury ranch in Colorado, for instance, or Utah, in short, in the West. And all these guys are dying off now. And they're, in some cases, they're, they're large-breasted trophy wives or... um their uh, their kids or whatever the estate is saying um we don't need 12,000 acres in Colorado with a 12,000 foot ranch house at the middle of it and so there's this enormous glut in these 
Uh, these properties, I mean, here's one for $20 million, here's one listed for 50 there's one forty six. This one is owned by the Discovery Channel founder, who I'd never heard of, I don't think, John Hendricks. Uh, it's listed for $279 million. Oof. It includes the adjacent resort, and I think it has its own golf course, and on and on and on. But they think that most of this is all these guys grew up watching the westerns mm. and the movies and bonanza and 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 what's the the rifleman and all those all those shows and the romance of running cattle and having a ranch was huge and now you're super rich guys are like why the hell would i want to do that that's interesting yeah it i thought it was and and the cattle industry is also a little sucky right now beef prices are down so these guys who used to think you know what i'll pay for the mind boggling operational costs by running 10,000 head of cattle or whatever. Um, but now they can't even break even on that. So, so anyway, if you've ever wanted like 10,000 acres right next to Boulder, Vale, or whatever, call your local realtor. It's a little spendy. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Johnson & Johnson fighting back. We've got Hong Kong with a new warning to the protesters and an amazing journey. What one Navy vet has just accomplished for his fellow vets. Coming up. Excellent. little yeah. positivity in the news. I'll bet Johnson & Johnson is fighting back since they were just ordered to pay a half a yep. billion dollar fine. Oh, yeah, and more to come. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. When you have an economy this good and unemployment this low, you end up with something like this, ghosting employers. Workers who ghost their employer. Got some of the stats on that. This is actually a business phenomenon. Wow. Where, uh, well, part of it is just there's there's enough good jobs out there. Unemployment's low enough. You just find a better job and you just go start go working there. You just don't even tell your current employer. You, wow. you know, I just leave. Once. I just stopped showing up. <laughs> It's it's funny, uh, and this thought's in my heart, head partly because we're going to do a big uh, book club podcast tomorrow uh, of this uh, this book, Heaven on Earth. It's all about the history of socialism. And um, the one thing the utopians are just so blind about is you can generally, not generally, almost entirely, count on people to behave badly if given the chance. The idea that, no, we will reform the human spirit and everyone will do right. Are you serious? Have you spent any time on Earth? So the job you just stopped showing up for (laughs) at this particular workplace, did they notice? Eventually. Well, I stopped getting paychecks, so I'm guessing they they eventually (laughs) caught on. (laughs) They clearly (laughs) figured it out. Uh, Well, okay, we'll talk more about that in a bit. News now with Marsha Phillips. Fighting back, Johnson & Johnson's lead defense attorney, Sabrina Strong, says the company is very disappointed and disagrees with the judge, Thad Balkman's decision requiring the company pay $572 million to Oklahoma for marketing opioids. Strong is saying the pharmaceutical company has a lot of sympathy for those who suffer from substance abuse, but insists that Johnson & Johnson's drugs were government approved. The facts are that the company manufactured two FDA-approved medicines that are essential for treating patients who suffer from chronic, long-term, debilitating pain. All right, all that's lovely, but that's not what we were arguing about. I was talking earlier about how yeah. good their lawyers are, and they are. They are master spin meisters. Yeah. 
But the question is not whether those people were in pain. The question is, did you aggressively market these drugs to doctors and encourage them to downplay the addiction uh, you know, hazard? And, and, and did you quash the science that said they're highly addictive and the rest of it? Correct. Correct. They're trying. They're trying to uh, spin it to say, no, no, no. The FDA approved these drugs uh, all the way along through the whole uh, through the development and everything else. So that's the way they're uh, going to be fighting back with that. Hong Kong's chief executive, you remember Carrie Lam? She's saying that the government is prepared to speak with the protesters, but that the violence must stop. If violence continues, the only thing that we should do is to stem out that violence through law enforcement actions. There you go. Yeah, the violence is coming from you, you communist. Massive protests convulsing Hong Kong for over 80 days now. 80 days and it's not letting up. One day after President Trump opened the door to possibly meeting Iran's president at the appropriate time, reaction coming in from Tehran, where Hassan Rouhani in a televised speech today said there'll be no such talks unless sanctions against Iran are lifted first. Ah, that's bold talk. So there you go. Ronnie says the only way for a meeting to happen is if Washington retreats from what he's calling an illegal, unjust, and wrong series of sanctions. And we got a University of California Davis study saying a certain probiotic given to babies can decrease their risk later in life from diseases like asthma, diabetes, and Crohn's. Given to term babies who will be breastfed, a senior author of the study, Mark Underwood, says they saw 90% fewer unhealthy bacteria in infants after receiving in vivo. I think the other part that's kind of unique about this study is we only gave them the probiotic for three weeks, and we chose this particular probiotic because it's a bacteria that is really good at consuming some of the unique components of, of human milk. Wow, so we're dosing babies with bacteria because we've created such an insanely clean world, it's giving them diseases. Yes. Well, that's uh, odd. Navy veteran Tommy Zerhelen walked 2,860 miles from Portland, Oregon to New York to raise money and awareness about veterans' struggles from suicide to homelessness. 22 veterans a day take their own life in America. And even perhaps worse, 40,000 plus veterans are homeless in America every night. Now, Zerhalen at the end of his journey saying, The walk ends today, but the work of helping veterans in our community, hopefully other people doing it across the country, starts today. So it feels like a beginning, not an end. 2,860 miles. Much commitment. Good yep. for him. Well done, sir. One last note. Former NFL great uh, Rob Gronkowski is encouraging the major sports to update their policies to allow for medical marijuana treatment for their players. Whether that's the NBA, MLB, or NFL, it's just time. Gronkowski saying the CBD medic has helped him become pain-free after all the injuries he suffered as a tight end for the New England Patriots. Now, it should be pointed out, Gronk has become a business partner. With CBD. <laughs> that should be pointed out. Yes. After making that statement, he then took his shirt off and danced on a cruise ship for seven months. <laughs> yes. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty decent point. So it's legalized practically everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's got medicinal benefits. Nobody doubts that anymore. But if you, if you whiz and get caught with it, you're out of the NBA for three days. They can give you a, a, a pill jar the size of a coffee can full of opioids, but you can't smoke any weed. Please. 
There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, <laughs> the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Well, they can stick a needle in your foot on the sideline mm-hmm. to mask the fact that you broke your bones so you can get back out there and play. Right. But if you if you smoke a joint... Well, then, we can't yeah. have that. <laughs> right. That'd be outrageous. Right. That is uh, right. that's interesting. Well, it's dumb is what it is. It's just dumb. Ghosting, There's a lot of dumb in the world, Jack. Ghosting employers has become a thing. Because of the low unemployment rate, we actually got a good uh, a good explanation on the text line of why that is fair and okay, the way we've been treated on the other end of things. Anyway, we'll get into this conversation coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. screwed up. I did. The comment I made about dance was insensitive, it was stupid, and I am deeply sorry. I've spoken with several members of the dance community over the past few days. I have listened. I have learned about the bravery it takes for a young boy to pursue a career in dance. Wow. I I, I recognize those sounds, the sounds uh-huh. the sounds of an apology like that where you're you're deeply Deeply wounded, and you realize the hurt you've caused. Blah blah blah. The hurt I've caused. Blah <laughs> right. blah. The damage I've done. So, what blah, was blah, this blah, apology blah. about? Well, what 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 was so outrageous and horrible that she was forced to reach out to the dance community to find evidently a couple of dancers who then she and they designated as the givers of forgiveness and absolution as that folk dance is played out as if they could answer for other dancers. But we're talking about, well, what did she say that was so terrible? Prince William says George absolutely loves ballet. I have news for you, Prince William. We'll see how long that lasts. Between the religious studies and the computer programming, I just want to go back to the Play-Doh. What? I don't don't even... Isn't that just a mom making a joke about... Boys are into it for a while and into other things. I, I don't. I don't even get the joke. But anyway, but she, she has really caused hurt in the dance community, and she's deeply sad for offending those brave enough to pursue a career in dance. Um, I don't, we got to get past this, people. Wow! Stop asking people to apologize for things and stop doing it. And then you, stop you apologizing, babe. Come on now. Hey, it was a joke. Get over it. That's the only proper response. Of course, she's in the big, huge money, milk toast, housewife world of giant advertising. Why would you upset that gravy train? Would I, Would you have, I'm not, let's talk about you, not me. Would you have <laughs> principles that you clung to when there's tens of millions of dollars to be made? Nah, nah, not so much. I also um, think she was making a good point about the overscheduling of young kids and saying, I just want them to get back to Play-Doh time. Just now kinda... who's hurting the dance community, Sean? Ho- hopefully me. You may have injured the dance community, Sean. <laughs> no, absolutely that was her point. That That's just pathetic. That woman needs to be slapped. And I'm against violence toward women, certainly. So we'll have to find a nice woman. They'll have to find something they disagree on, then ang- then argue until they're both angry enough that they slap each other. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> he says apologizing preemptively for saying a woman should be slapped. So, with unemployment this low, this is what you get. 
Ghosting employers. It's the latest trend for job seekers. Apparently, some job seekers are taking advantage of their ability to pick and choose among offers that are out there. And they're ghosting their potential employers or their current employees, employers. Uh, they surveyed a whole bunch of employers and like a thousand employers and 4,000 job seekers. So this is a pretty serious business um, study. Nearly three quarters of them said that this is a recent phenomenon that sprung up in the past two years, the employers. Two thirds of them said this is just in the last two years that they've, they've experienced this, where you get ghosted by candidates. What are you doing in my bedroom? I'm trying to sleep. I applied last week. (laughs) About a fifth actually admit to ghosting. This relatively small group is nevertheless making a big impact. Uh, Half report that they've ditched the process as early as the interview stage. So you've you've made it into the interviews and stuff like that, and then you just you got another job, and you just you don't bother to tell anybody. You just right, right. And then a quarter have simply taken the offer and then failed to show up for the first day. Whoa! Oh boy, hang out with those people. See, you say yes to the job, but I can't wait to get started. Uh, you got a better offer. And, and you got a couple irons in the fire. Right. And the other one you like better, and so you just don't show up to that one. Oof. <laughs> Welcome, Jim, says the balloon. <laughs> 65% of employers uh, said they've had no shows on the first day of work. Wow. So you went through the wow. whole process, said you got the job, here's what much making, this will be your desk, there's your locker, here's your parking space, and then they don't show up first day. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're amused. Well, here's, you know, we got this text that I actually thought was pretty good. Who said, this person said, uh, I blame employers for starting this trend. They've, they're they the ones that first stop sending rejection letters. Oh, yeah. Instead of just ignoring us when you apply for a job. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I think, you know, listen, uh, my my youngest is, is doing very well thus far in her young life, and part of it is because I've really encouraged her, listen, go old school on business courtesies. The powerful people like it a lot. Do these things, and so far so good. On the other hand, I think there's a real difference between you're you're working for somewhere and you get a different job and you just stop showing up. Right. Uh, that that's that just don't be that person. No, it's not. On it's the, not cool. On the other hand, I got a bunch of applications in and I decide to go with something else. I'm going to spend a bunch of time reaching out to them, saying, "I thank you very much for your consideration, but I've uh, taken a different." No, not so much. How many how many jobs did we not get that we never heard a word and figured, well, I guess they didn't like us. You know, or they sent the form letter, I guess. Boy, but I got to tell you, I'm amused by the idea of you say, I can't wait, sir. That's uh, appreciated. Great. So, uh, yes, this is my office. Oh, no, it's more than enough. Thank you. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm then, a McGillicuddy man from here on out. Then Monday comes and you're just not there. I got that's, a different job is why I'm not there. That's funny. It's not funny if you're the employer busting your butt trying to make a go of it in the, the business world, but. The reasons job seekers ghosted potential employers varied. Over half just decided the job wasn't right for them. This isn't right for me, the whole getting up and being here. I wear a tie every day? And uh, 40% ghosted after receiving another offer. About a quarter of ghosters couldn't face telling the employer that they had a change of heart. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta grow up and face it. Yeah, you really do. How about if you send a buddy? I understand the feeling, though. I'll do. I'll, I'll yeah. be your surrogate. Right, <laughs> hey, right. I, nah. I, I realize you hired uh, Sean, uh, but he's uh, he's gone elsewhere. So I'm Joe. I'll be <laughs> starting today. 
<laughs> Gotta admit, if you did, if you did, you did the interview, you did all the stuff that's involved. Probably signed a gazillion forms. Oh, sure. You've taken the job. You're supposed to start on Monday, and then you know a better one calls comes through. They call you up. Yeah, yeah, that weather guy didn't work through uh, work out. So we're we're asking you. Know, we got that position still open. Do you want it? And it pays twice as much. Um, it would be uncomfortable to make that phone call to your new boss, who's probably really nice to you and it's excited and right, right. Took a lot of time and then say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be there Monday. Yeah, yeah. Although, in in getting back to the text, uh, those of us who've been around long enough to have been. Uh, uh, used hard and put away wet by various employers, um, road hard and put away wet, uh, The uh, say, hey, I uh, appreciate it, but I got a better offer. Sign Joe. I mean, that's... Pff, you don't owe him much more than that. You know what I would say? I would love to say this. Oh, boy. Good luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. I wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. Yeah. <laughs> so fantastic. Good We're going in a different direction. <laughs> and by we, I mean me. Right. So good luck in your future endeavors. Uh, so 13% mentioned uh, there were communication problems with the recruiter. Yeah, that's what happened. And I like this one. This is me. 11% just didn't know what to do, so they disappeared. <laughs> I didn't know how to handle it. So what am I, I supposed to call a rider? <laughs> Yeah, I'll go out. Let's go. <laughs> and then you just forget about it. It's By kind of the, the lost library book of business courtesies. It's around here somewhere. but you... Of the people that have done it, and again, they surveyed 4,000 uh, job seekers and 1,000 employers. 94% of job seekers said they experienced little to no negative consequences from ghosting. So no, you wouldn't. Didn't hurt them. Any. You wouldn't. What would Except the, your soul. God knows. Yeah, he got a chuckle out of it, too. Uh, He thought it was funny. They had it coming. (laughs) (laughs) The way they treat people. It's the way God talks. Sure. Everybody (laughs) knows that. Well, yeah, what would the the mechanism be? The the job you ghosted then reaches out to what? (laughs) Allemployersonearth.com and puts you on the poo-poo list or what? You're on the S list. (laughs) Right, exactly. How would that even work? And only a third of employers have strategies to stop ghosting before it starts. Well, how are you going to stop it before? Are you going to put an ankle bracelet? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Chain me to the the desk on Friday afternoon when I took the job to make sure I'm there on Monday. An enforcer is sent to your door. Time to get ready for work. Now, boy, that's uh, yeah. See again, the courtesies, Jack. The small things. The the social graces. These are what makes life worth living. But the idea that you treat an employer the way you've been treated many times throughout your life, I'm not going to cry over that. Yeah. yeah. And with all due respect, again, to employers, it's got to be rough. I mean, man, I know some employers who are trying like crazy to hire people. Good paying jobs, solid jobs, and they can't get people. And to think, okay, finally, finally, we got a a guy on our crew so we can keep that second crew working again. The guy just doesn't show up. That's rough. I've never actually done this. Almost did a couple times, but I've uh, the the example of you get to the job and you realize it's not for you. Oh, that's got to be the worst feeling in the world. You've gone through all this. You've taken the job. You've told your friends. Your parents are excited. Just all this different stuff. Your wife's excited. Your husband's whatever. You get there and like two days in, you realize this is not what I where I want to be. Well, remember we had a job ripped after we'd quit our previous job, and I'd sold my house. And they said, yeah, yeah, we kind of changed our mind. And they employed us in a different radio station. But, man, that was a screwing. Yeah. Oh, my God. A it, was sc- a, it was a screwing, but at least it wasn't awful work. Um, oh, oh, no, no. I no. went to a job uh, hunting seminar thing one time about sales, and I was there. 
And as they explained what you'd be doing, I just more and more thought, I, I would kill myself if right, I had to right, do this. Right. And when they took a lunch break, I left and never came back. Oh, I ghosted boy. them. Michael, break out the Auga horn. Are you Uh-oh, ready? Breaking news? Well, kind of, sort of. No, that'd be the breaking news donkey. We have a Idaho has become California alert. Idaho has become California. Okay. Idahoans of all stripes have been fearing this moment when people get sick of the blue state they live in, you know, corrupt the four near some other place, and they move to your more liberty-loving, free, fun, cool state, but then they get there and say, you know, it'd really be better if we had a crosswalk here and the rest, and they try to turn it into where they left. Court has just ruled Idaho must pay for a transgender inmate's sex change surgery. Idaho, you must pay for transgender surgeries. That is probably the sort of thing that in Idaho decades ago they'd have thought would never happen in uh, Idaho. No, we don't. <laughs> would have been the response. Sorry, Idahoafornia. <laughs> it was good while it lasted, wasn't it? Wow. Uh, instead Boise's of- been renamed Boise Angeles. We got this text on our previous conversation. Instead of ghosting your employer, send a singing telegram. It's classy and harkens back to an older time. Nothing softens a blow like a struggling musical theater major dressed like a bear, singing that you'll no longer be there. I think we all agree with that. Armstrong and Getty.